0: This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hi everyone, this is Madhulika presenting you Brewing Talks. This show so far had some amazing conversation around brands, marketing, and businesses. And so let's continue brewing up another interesting conversation on today's episode. About a topic that we can converse on the challenges and opportunities in the food and beverage industry. Over the years, we have seen several restaurant brands emerging in India. Well, if you see, India is a big foodie market. People are getting more experimentative, uh, you know, so while we are rooted to our local cuisines, there is a lot of you know organic food talk that's there. But I think because of our travel and being exposed to different cuisines, this different style of cooking, people have got more innovative and also their mindsets have changed in the way they look at you know the concept of food, eating out, dining out, etc. So let's hear this on the growing trends in the industry, the challenges and opportunity from Antoine Lewis, today's guest for the show. Well, Antoine is a seasoned writer with over 25 years and he writes extensively on food. He has written for several local and national newspapers and magazines. He's been the editor for several publications like The Burb.com, Savvy Cookbook to name a few. Antoine is also on the jury of several national and local restaurant and hotel awards. Welcome to Brewing Talks, Antoine. It's amazing to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Madalika. It's great to be on the show.
0: And I've known you for, I think, more than 15 years and I think it's going to be an exciting conversation around this topic.
1: It always is when you're talking <laughs> about food.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So Antoine, uh, since you, know, you have been writing on this subject for over so many years, uh, let's understand the first thing that I want to understand from you is what are the changes that you have witnessed over the years in the food and beverage and the restaurant scene overall?
2: you know
1: so uh madhu when i started writing there are very few uh, restaurants uh, standalone restaurants uh, on, on the scene
2: mm-hmm.
1: um most of the restaurants were in the hotels either in the five stars or you know even in the mid level uh, hotels and right. that was really where all the, the, the hotels really were the trend setters they decided and they influenced what people were eating what kind of cuisines were coming into the the city Mm-hmm. Uh, all the top chefs, all the students who wanted to be chefs, only wanted to work in uh, hotels.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But over the years, what we have seen is that um, restaurants have moved to the high street. They've moved right. into the standalone space, and uh, you have a number of great restaurants now uh, in uh, which are standalones or which are outside of uh, hotels, so to speak, which mm-hmm. are doing great stuff with uh, Indian cuisine, with international cuisine. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are now influenced as much by uh, chefs who work in in these restaurants with the food that they put out, with the ideas that they come out with. Uh, we're also seeing uh, an explosion of uh, new new cuisines of Indian regional cuisines and community cuisines coming to the fore.
2: Right.
1: Um, imported foods have always been important, but now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're finding is that there are a number of local producers, Indian producers, who are producing high-level international foods, whether Mm -hmm. it's capers or cheeses or soy uh, Mm -hmm. or wines or, you know, local gins. All of these things are now being produced in India and for Mm -hmm. an Indian market.
0: Right, right. Correct. So that's to do with a lot of uh, areas of focus uh, on sustainability, I believe, and going local in the approach. Uh,
1: absolutely. I think what people are realizing is that, um, you know, they, they want to be more connected with their food. They want to know the, the histories, mm-hmm. the, the traditions. Uh, they also want to know uh, where their food is, how their food rather is, is, is produced. Whether mm-hmm. it's being produced properly, and you, you talked about sustainability, that is definitely one one important factor. Traceability mm-hmm. is another thing. They want to know from mm-hmm. which farm it's come from. They want to know whether uh, pesticides or have have been used. Whether you know workers have been treated properly. Whether there are environmental and ecological consequences of the food they're eating. Mm-hmm. All of these things are now in uh, in, in diners' minds.
0: Mm -hmm. okay interesting so okay so then let me come to the point since we're talking about this evolving food trends and you know the way consumers look at uh, you know dining out or their own habits uh, what has changed post covid uh, post this whole pandemic that we have witnessed since last year so uh, is there something changing in the way people uh, consume food or go for brands right are there more uh, preferences given for the healthier options now Or is it about the feel-good food that's really becoming, you know, like people just want to feel good. They just want to indulge. So what's the take currently? What's going on? What's brewing on right now?
1: So, you know, uh, there are a couple of things that are happening. One, of course, is that the pandemic has more or less destroyed the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was speaking to some of the heads of the uh, associations and 30% of restaurants are gone. I mean, they're not going to come back again
2: Hmm,
1: and hmm. we'll see another 10 or 20 percent. i don't know how this current lockdown in 2021 is going to affect things right but from the customer's point of view um i don't think it's necessarily from when they're eating from restaurants that Mm -hmm. they're concerned about health or or organics or or any Mm -hmm. of these things
2: um
1: what they really want is to be satiated or they want to be distracted Correct. Uh, what they want is to be indulged.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they're kind of open to eating at different places. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, the problem really is that they can't dine out very much. Uh, most mm-hmm. restaurants are shut uh, mm-hmm. for um, sit down service. So Correct. it's completely now uh, dependent on uh, deliveries and takeaway. Correct. And the delivery market really has been captured by the big food aggregators.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: true, true. Uh, really, the delivery is in the hands of two big giants, Zomato and Swiggy. And mm-hmm. that has caused a lot of trouble to the, the restaurant industry because mm-hmm. they're really dictating the terms on which uh, they will provide the re- a delivery on delivery on terms of how uh, people will access information about restaurants. And that mm-hmm. also has actually uh, affected the restaurant industry terribly because the percentages that they are giving out to these mm-hmm. aggregators is not enough for them to run a, sus- a sustainable Correct. business. Correct. And Correct. Um, they need to kind of form a different kind of a, a bond between uh, consumers and, and restauranters because if the food aggregator model continues and it continues past the pandemic, I don't mm. think we will have a viable, thriving uh, restaurant business anymore. It may just mm. come down to just a few big brands Hmm. who are, hmm. are capital rich who have right. investments and who can manage to run restaurants in different cities but what hmm. we are also hmm. seeing is that even these big brands i mean you're talk about impresario or you talk about olive or or any of the others
2: hmm. um
1: they've they've had to shut down a number of outlets which were not profit generating and they've hmm. only come down and tighten it up to those exclusive ones that you know that were making revenue and we're not covering up for, for other places. So
2: mm-hmm. we
1: are seeing a huge crunch, even within these big players, within the mm-hmm. smaller the standalone players, the independent uh, owners, it's going to be very, very difficult for them to to ride this pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. True. So, but okay, so now since you spoke about aggregators and especially these two names comes to our mind, Zomato and Swiggy. Uh, okay, so there are, I think there are you know, two sides of the same coin. So one side is, yes, you know, uh, they are causing a negative impact on the restaurant business because of this percentage part that you spoke about. But don't Mm. you think at the same time, Antoine, is... Also, the fact that they are also getting vis- giving visibility to the restaurant that we may not even be aware of, right, to an extent, because these restaurants may not carry that uh, platform or their own, uh, you know, capabilities to reach out to its audience. So do you l- want to look at both the sites and give a perspective that in the current time, there are restaurants which are also getting benefited, uh, you know, with these kind of aggregators existing?
1: I think that benefit is very, very short term and is hmm. very minimal. Uh, there are a number of people who, uh, when they're setting up their businesses, who would either speak to me or speak to a friend of mine who's a, a restaurant mm-hmm. consultant and who specializes in startups.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I advise people not to go on to Zamato or Swiggy, really, mm-hmm. because the the size of the percentage that you are, you are paying out, and uh, this, of course, varies. And there are different uh, brackets depending on how big or small you are. So mm-hmm. for the larger brands who have a national presence, uh, mm-hmm. they pay a smaller amount compared to say an individual restaurateur or an mm-hmm. individual take takeaway service. Right. It is actually not really remunerative. Um, okay. I've covered a lot of people in the last year who, uh, who are like home chefs or small kind of players who have actually completely run on Instagram and on social media. And I mm-hmm. found that to be a far more profitable and a better marketing tool okay. than to okay. be on uh, any of these aggregators.
0: Okay, okay, great. So basically being more self-sufficient in the way you want to reach out to your customers to a large extent.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, earlier I would have said, yes, be on Zomato, be on Swiggy. And I think mm-hmm. in a sense, it's also very difficult for people to get out of that because mm-hmm. consumers have developed this habit of looking there first.
0: Correct, so, absolutely. You, you know, yeah. to,
1: to break that cycle, it's going to take some time
2: and mm-hmm, I think there mm-hmm. are
1: efforts being made by the industry to promote other players uh, and to mm-hmm. promote uh, to promote alternative uh, delivery systems, which will mm-hmm. not kind of take away so much of their profit margin.
0: Correct, correct. Yeah, so I think when we talk about big chains, right, when you name any of the like big hotel chains or FNB chains, they have their own assets right they have their own websites they have their own apps that people can order and that's their objective they want to push the audience to those channels but maybe for smaller businesses and smaller chain of restaurants which they can't afford to be everywhere I think the social media comes handy to them I guess you know very much Hmm.
1: so very much so and I was really surprised by uh, what a big role Instagram is actually playing because it
2: is uh, is. compared
1: to Facebook for instance Instagram is very very visual which correct. is exactly what you need when you're talking about restaurants and a food business.
0: Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, okay. So that's interesting, Antwan. So tell me what can restaurants really or the whole food and beverage industry can learn from this pandemic from your perspective? What do you think they should, uh, you know, here on what's the road ahead for them? You know, what, what do you think how they should evolve? What should change? What shouldn't change? You know, just give your perspective on that.
1: You know, so one of the things that you immediately realize is uh, how important technology has become and mm-hmm. how, uh, how much of our lives is being, and our businesses are being run by uh, technology. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, reaching out to, to consumers uh, today is really a, a technological solution rather than uh, a print solution or kind of, you know, any other uh, option. And I mm-hmm. think uh, one of the things that uh, restauranters will definitely have to look at is uh, creating their own uh, systems uh, of reaching out to uh, customers.
2: Mm-hmm. Also,
1: whether, I mean, it's it's about not simply just about being able to know who your customer is, know what they, they've ordered, but also amongst businesses themselves, you know, in terms of tracking where the food is coming from, uh, from, using technology and in integrating uh, things with their vendors as well. Hmm, so hmm. keeping track of uh, supply chains, uh, keeping track of uh, quality uh, quality control, You know, all of mm-hmm. these things are, are really important.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think the other thing that people have to kind of uh, realize is that um, we've kind of looked at a world where there has been commercial spaces where People have either have offices and they have been going into offices on a daily basis, and mm-hmm. then you have the notion of a lunch break where people will go into restaurants. So you have commercial areas around which restaurants have developed. I don't mm-hmm. know how much of that is going to be sustainable in the future. Uh, how many people are actually going to return to offices uh, from right. offices? How many people are actually going to go out into mm-hmm. restaurants mm-hmm. again or even uh, order in into restaurants? The other thing also is that even before this, we were seeing uh, the rise of of delivery even before the the pandemic. And Mm. I remember about uh, two or three years ago, uh, traveling to some of the smaller cities in India, to uh, Mm. Udaipur, to to Mangalore, and uh, restauranters telling me about how their their business, their dine in business, had been impacted by. Delivery because the other part of technology is that entertainment has come home. So mm. for a lot of people, it's not going out for a meal or not going for True. not going out to the theater. It's about mm-hmm. Netflix and dinner or you know Correct. Amazon Correct. and dinner. You know, so that is another big change that has happened. That you know delivery mm. is going to be a really big thing. And mm-hmm. when we're talking about delivery, it's not just the logistics of it. It's also about the packaging of it because mm. people want to see food look attractive in Correct. the same way at home as they do in a restaurant.
2: So Correct. one of the Correct.
1: big things that I think is going to change really is on better packaging solutions for mm-hmm. restaurants. And I'm seeing that with with a lot of player, uh, players. For instance, last year through the pandemic, uh, ITC had everything in mm-hmm. uh, recyclable, in eco-friendly containers.
2: Mm-hmm. Nothing
1: was in plastic. Right. And a lot of other people had designer kind of where, again, some of it recycled, some of it uh, not. But mm-hmm. the packaging looked and made you feel that the food was of a certain quality.
0: Correct. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's a very, very vital point, especially if if the home delivery business is going to become a very focused vertical for hotels and restaurants, right down the line. So I think they need to pay attention to all these elements specifically. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Because you really, these are all brand extensions in a sense.
0: Correct. correct, And, uh,
1: you know, you want your brand at home. Hmm. You want your customer when when they interact with your brand at home to feel that they're interacting with your brand in the restaurant or in the physical space that they would have come to.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's very, very valid point. Very important. True. I'm just kind of I'm just going to this uh, point that you mentioned earlier about uh, traceability and sustainability and, you know, how people are wanting to go to the local relevance of food and stuff. So Mm. this organic word, which we have been hearing for a very long time now. So is it still in today's time? Is it still a term that is being used and consumed by a few in India? Or is it become more like, is, has it gone towards the mass as well? Or is it very, very niche and only confined to certain people who feel, you know, organic eating is healthy and this is what we should go for? What, what has, has anything changed in this specific area as well, Antwan?
1: So I think uh, if we just separate organic for a second, uh, mm-hmm. because there are lots of problems with organic in India, primarily there is no proper certification.
0: Correct. correct. So you yeah. can't
1: really yeah. claim the word organic in a way. But if Mm -hmm. you say that um, are people more concerned about the quality of the ingredients, are they more interested in knowing where where the food that they are consuming comes from? Then yes, Mm -hmm. I mean, there is a growing interest, there is a growing awareness of that. Uh, For instance, I uh, consult with an NGO which works on animal rights, and Mm -hmm. one of the campaigns that I work with is on cage-free eggs. Mm
2: -hmm. Now,
1: cage-free eggs um, are, twice or thrice uh, the cost of a, a regular egg, of a battery okay. farm uh, egg. But in the retail segment, they have seen exponential growth in the last year.
2: Okay. You know, the
1: amount of people picking them up either from modern retail or buying online has mm-hmm. grown tremendously. Um, okay. And this is something that is happening otherwise as well. And we are becoming more and more aware that Uh, we need to eat better quality foods. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you know, one of the things that, and this is a a slightly controversial opinion that I have,
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: which is that food is really way too cheap uh, and we spend too little on food. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: the reason that we spend too little on food is that it is being produced industrially. So that means Mm -hmm. it's produced with um, uh, pesticides and, uh, you know, a lot of chemicals going into it. So you have what you have uh, is a a factory production of ingredients Mm -hmm. and uh, you're not getting the best quality uh, raw materials that are good for your body. You're getting things that are full of chemicals Mm -hmm. and you're going to face these costs much later in life. What is going to happen is that you are paying less for food now, but you are going to pay a lot more for medicines later Mm -hmm. in life when you are far more vulnerable.
2: Yeah, if you have yeah. to
1: pay more for better quality ingredients now the
2: mm-hmm. chances
1: are that you will fall far less sick later in life because for instance all your meats all your are, are just pumped with antibiotics mm-hmm. your vegetables are like full of chemicals so True. and one of the things that we need to realize with food uh, compared to any of the other things that go into our body and food is one of the very few things that externally that actually goes into the human body. Hmm,
2: hmm, hmm. What
1: we eat actually remains in the body and it affects all the organs, compared to Hmm. say sound or or light. I mean, these are things that we just perceive and we send back, but food actually goes into the body
2: and Hmm, that
1: stays hmm. with us. So people are realizing that there is a cost that we are paying and there is a long-term cost. So people are becoming aware slowly Mm -hmm. And they are willing to pay more for it.
0: True. Absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Okay, so, Antwa, let me ask you a little different question here. Uh, Coming to the point that when you said that you started, when you started, uh, you know, uh, writing for food particularly. So, at that stage, there were very few restaurants that existed and there were a lot of five-star based restaurants, correct? And I think even if you look at today, while we know that there are a lot of standalone restaurants, uh, Let's talk about the restaurants existing inside a five-star hotel. And there's one thing, in fact, when I speak to uh, hoteliers and, you know, restaurant uh, owners within the hotel... uh, they say that the challenge that they face is that, you know, people don't find the restaurants, even though they might have the best of food. Uh, but there are a lot of mental blocks that the audience face towards such places. Like, you know, one could be the approachability. The second would be the pricing, The you know, the, the whole perception about higher priced as such. And just that whole exercise of walking into a hotel and then f- figuring out where the restaurant exists. So you think this kind of a mental block exists even today or people have kind of, you know, come across this and, or rather if it still exists, what are the ways that, uh, you know, hotels can look at innovative ways of, you know, breaking this kind of a notion around them?
1: You know, so there are different kinds of of, uh, blocks when it comes to uh, hotel and standalone dining. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Uh,
1: One of the things that people don't uh, realize and people don't talk about uh, a lot is that there is also a huge age gap between the people who dine at hotels and the people who dine in restaurants and okay. if you look at it young people would rather go to uh, standalone restaurants because uh, they don't stand on ceremony they're not so formal they're quite mm-hmm. casual they'll allow you to dress in whichever way that they want mm-hmm. they go to hotel restaurants when they're dining with their parents you know mm-hmm. because if they mm-hmm. find that it's more stuffy it's more formal it's more It's more family oriented things. It's things where, you know, you need to be polite and and all these kind of things. It's also definitely far more expensive. But I don't think that that is becoming so much of a concern, particularly with the younger generation, because
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know how much of a difference price wise uh, there Mm -hmm. is between uh, dining in a a restaurant standalone and a fine fine dining. It's quite easy today to pay a a bill of twenty or thirty thousand in a standalone Mm. as much as it is uh, in a hotel.
0: True, true, I I agree. One one
1: of the things that hotels need to do is to kind of go easy, to kind of make Mm. things a lot less formal, a lot less Mm -hmm. uh, stiff. I don't know whether Mm. this current generation, at least in the big metros, um, Mm -hmm. feel uncomfortable about going uh, into five stars to dine. I think Mm -hmm. they, they reject it. Mostly because of the, the stuffiness more than anything mm-hmm. else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of the trends that you look at internationally, and which is very slowly coming into India, is that a lot of hotels have stopped opening their own restaurants in, in the hotels and mm-hmm. leasing out that space to external restauranters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, for instance, in uh, St. Regis, you have a silo, which is the bar. Mm-hmm. which is actually run by JSM, which uh, used to run um, a hard rock cafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indian accent in Delhi uh, is in the Lodi. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're finding um, independent restaurants moving into hotels. and True. You, you kind of, as long as the brand is a brand fit and there's a brand match, and mm-hmm. you're offering the same uh, quality of service as like the, the hotel does, mm-hmm. uh, it, it sometimes works to kind of bring in independent restaurants and, I think mm. we might see some of this happening more and more in other hotels and other venues.
0: Okay, okay. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, that's a new trend That's uh, you feel it's going to catch up further on, here on.
1: Slowly, slowly. It's going to develop, but uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a fairly standard practice uh, in some of the international cities. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just starting to take off in India.
0: Correct, correct. Okay, nice, great. Okay, so... Antwan, I'm just coming a bit, uh, just talking a little bit on the digital front now. Okay. So you said that Instagram is is the most user-friendly platform available for any person in the food business, any brand into the food business, right? Because it's all visual and you, right. the best way you can attract your audience is just putting up a very, you know, uh, alluring and a good looking picture of a food to attract them. But so, but let's say if I open up my Instagram right now, I'll see several of such pictures on my feed. And stories, and then there are people talking about the good food, the healthy food options. This is good for you. This is a, so. Is this a thing that's really good for the consumer? Is it confusing the consumer even further?
1: I don't think it's uh, confusing them. I think people start to to look for things that are local. Hmm. Uh, they kind of look for for specific things, you know, really, and mm-hmm. uh, they're not looking for broad ideas. They are, say, mm. um, for instance, you will look for Mangalorean uh, cuisine in Bangalore or, mm-hmm. you know, go and food in, uh, in Delhi. Mm-hmm. And you will look by these hashtags and you will find people based on that. Mm. If you look at right. something very broad, then you're likely to kind of be swamped with a lot of entries. But mm-hmm. if you're looking for something more specific, there aren't that many players. There are very few niche players. Right. And... Uh, I think the, the hashtags help you kind of filter out and get the best results that you want. That, mm-hmm. that at least has been my experience from the stories that I've written and speaking to um, to a lot of people who've gotten into this business. Of course, mm-hmm. it's a small client base. It's not mm-hmm. a huge base, but it's enough for, for uh, these home chefs to keep their business going.
0: Right, right. Okay. Okay. Nice. So uh,
1: on, on the flip side, it may mm-hmm. not work out as well for say a restaurant, an established mm-hmm. brick and mortar restaurant to mm-hmm. go into this space. But mm-hmm. I have found quite mm-hmm. a few chefs who are doing this and are using Instagram uh, to promote mm-hmm. their actual businesses. And you mm-hmm. are seeing um, chef influencers now on Instagram Correct. driving Correct. their business.
0: Okay. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Perfect. So, Antoine, from your perspective, once again, uh, tell us about. So, we we heard about uh, you know the challenges that's existing, especially the whole the way the industry has got badly impacted post the pandemic. What are let's say down the line, you know, maybe with the whole vaccination drive getting over, and let's say after some time we see the pandemic is over right, at some point. So, what do you think after that, what are the opportunities that are going to exist for this industry overall, right? Uh, minus or plus the pandemic. I mean, let's keep that aside for now, but let's understand in holistically what are the opportunities existing for the food and beverage industry?
1: You know, that that's a really difficult question to answer mm. Uh, mm. right now, you know, given how badly things are and how uh, mm-hmm. we don't actually know how the, the industry is going to uh, evolve and uh, who's going to survive actually. But right. one of the things that I do get a sense is that um, when people do start returning to, to dining, when people uh, do decide to kind of you know go and sit in a public space with uh, other people, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think they want to go out for just the run of the mill kind of food. You okay. either want to go for, for comfort food and comfort food, which is done well, Mm -hmm. or you want to really be um, mentally stimulated and mentally engaged with the kind of food that uh, is being presented. Uh, You don't necessarily want to be challenged. You don't want to be kind of, you know, you don't want to think too much about it. But Mm -hmm. you want your palate, you want your senses to be engaged. You you really want to enjoy that food. So you need to be doing something that is different, something that is uh, unique to bring down mm. new ideas, uh, new flavors that mm-hmm. people have not seen before. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one of the things also is that there is going to be a lot of price sensitivity because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people will have lost or not necessarily
2: fallen mm-hmm. out
1: of employment. Uh, then that is there as well.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: people have taken pay cuts. Uh, you know, Correct. salaries are, are not as uh, guaranteed as they were. So there is going to be price sensitivity. People are going to be price conscious. So there is going to be a far more emphasis on value for money. Mm -hmm. They are going to kind of want uh, a better quality of food than that was uh, out there before. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. what we had seen before is if one restaurant comes up with a great concept, then you'll have 20 restaurants copying them. I don't think that's Mm -hmm. going to happen as much anymore. Because I True. think what people want is something unique that they want to go out and kind of be loyal to.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that the only way for people to really, for restauranters to hold clientele today is mm-hmm. to ensure loyalty. And right. in a market right. where there are so many players and to get people to come back is pretty difficult. It's going mm-hmm. to be easier because you are going to see fewer restaurants. But mm-hmm. even then, i think you need to really focus on re- get on returning customers so that you know hmm. your profit and your business becomes viable once again
0: hmm absolutely absolutely Great. So I think this was an amazing conversation, Anto, and I think some very, very important insights and learnings for everyone who belongs to uh, the food and beverage industry or the restaurant business today. I think it's it's kind of about what I learned from uh, from your conversation today is that it's it's kind of about extending the experience that restaurants need to understand beyond their four walls, you know, beyond their restaurant capacity. It's, it's about actually finding the reasons for getting into the consumer's head with the little joy experience so as you rightly said where people want to maybe cut down on the big spends but they still want to have some little moments of their life you know just dining Absolutely. inside their home uh, with the yeah. Netflixes of the world right so I think that's where people want to be more mentally engaged with the with the right set of food and the right sort of yeah. experiences which extends beyond the restaurant uh, dining Absolutely. culture I mean, you right
1: know? now everyone's looking for a great distraction honestly
0: Correct, you know, correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. To
1: kind of, you know, really enjoy what, what they have at home and not mm-hmm. feel like they're, they're cooped up uh, in their houses. And, you know, food is a great way to kind of Absolutely.
0: Escape. Absolutely. So that is yeah. definitely
1: something that, you know, uh, restaurants need to do. And I think a lot of them are doing and kind of, you know, they're coming up with uh, weekly menus and they're constantly innovating. Hmm. So that, hmm. that is something that's really, really great to see.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And we really hope and see that things will eventually shape up for the better. And uh, yeah, let's let's hope for the best for that. Once absolutely. again, Antoine, it was amazing to have you on the show and some really and I'm I'm, I'm definitely sure that, uh, you know, everyone is going to take some very important takeaways from this conversation of yours.
1: Well, I hope so. And thank you for having me, Madhu.
0: Thank you for tuning in. If you have liked this episode, do comment your thoughts or DM us on Instagram at Media. Do rate us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to Brewing Talks on Epilogue Media website or your favorite podcast app like Geo7, Ghana, Spotify, Apple Podcasts so that you get notified when we come next. Stay subscribed. I shall catch up with you in the next episode. Till then, stay creative, stay safe and take care.